Welcome to You Hate Movies, the podcast in which casual moviegoers, film lovers, and cinephiles argue about movies. There's still time to immerse yourself in Halloween through the power of movies. We'll tell you how. Our panel of cinephiles has assembled their own respective Halloween movie recommendation lists. Over on Patreon, someone made a special request. I don't know if you know this, Levi Warren, who's on the show. Hey, how you guys doing? Patrick Porter's on the show as well. Yeah, I'm here. Uh, someone on Patreon, over at patreon.com slash youhatemovies, where there is a unique sense of community and camaraderie amongst our patrons and us, You Hate Movies. They says to us, they says, could you provide a list of horror recommendations for the spooky season that is before us? We're now halfway through October, but there's still time to enjoy horror movies at Halloween time. So there's lots of different ways that you could set out to make lists of recommendations for horror movies, and the people on this particular episode were uniquely chosen for their love of horror movies. Our very own Tyler Hands is very uh, skeptical of the high art value of horror and pretty much avoids it and looks at it with uh, scorn. We we constantly recommend these movies to him, and he's, ah, yeah. And sometimes we force him to watch them, and then almost always he goes, "Yeah, that was pretty good." Yeah. Bethany's uh, scared of him. Bethany's scared of him. Tyler's not an aficionado. Matt Hughes, our very own Matt Hughes, he loves the horror movies, but where is he? You know, this is a real question to anyone listening. Where is he? Has anyone seen Matt Hughes? Uh, we think he might be in trouble. No one's heard from him in a long time. This yeah, I haven't seen him in a couple of weeks or something now. Oh, okay. It's been that long, huh? Yeah. Dang. Yeah. Who knows? Who knows where Matt is? I've never is. seen this guy in my life. <laughs> we set out <laughs> not to give our you know top horror movies of all time, not to give the best horror movies ever made, our personal favorites or anything like that, but to make a unique list of five movies that we would recommend trying, five horror movies that we would me- recommend sampling this Spooky season. Levi's giving me a look. What? Well, I I might have to, on the fly, readjust my list because I feel like I I went about not necessarily going pure horror. I mean, these are, That's you fine. know, Halloween, spooky, but some f- very family-friendly Oh, that's fine. Yeah. Oh, okay. We actually did this before. I don't know if it was a year or two years ago. Two years ago. Two years ago, we did a Best Movies for Halloween episode. We went back and consulted that episode. Actually, Patrick did and reminded us what we had already cited so that we would not cite the same movies again. And I says to myself, I says, eh, I'm fine. I'm not going to say the same movies again. I already know what I'm going to pick, and it's going to be totally different. Patrick texts over the list of the movies previously cited, and several of them were on my new list. So yeah. I apparently forgot and was going to recommend the same movies again. But we did our due diligence. We did the homework, and now we are ready to recommend uh, Halloween appropriate, not even necessarily Halloween-centric, but Halloween-appropriate movies for the spooky season. Patrick, how would you make your list? Um, I made my list based on what I was feeling in the moment, like movies that I haven't seen that in a while. That would be fun to watch again or movies that I just generally like to watch around this season. That that makes sense. Yeah, that makes sense. How'd you make your list? Well, I too went back actually and consulted y'all's episode from a couple of years ago so I wouldn't overlap. And I felt like I wanted to 
try to offer movies that I genuinely enjoy, uh, that perhaps I grew up with and are nostalgic for me, but that also wouldn't necessarily just be everyone's go-to Halloween stuff. It's kind of like you can look up any list of, oh, scary movies, whatever to watch for Halloween. It's going to be generally populated with the same you know, anywhere from 10 to a hundred <laughs> yeah. movies, you know, kind of depending on where you go. So I want to try to, so, some of them will be things that are probably on those kind of lists, but I wanted to try to broaden it out a little bit. Oh, yeah. We will judge harshly. I'm sure you will. I think Actually, that you've got a wonderful approach. I hope that we all can do, I did the same <laughs> kind of thing. I, you know, you immediately go to, especially since the gentleman who asked on Patreon said, uh, you know, horror movies, we're looking for a horror list. And you're like, well, if you want horror movie recommendations, well, we can go in a million different directions. But this is Halloween-centric, and uh, I, I try to think of things that uh, I, w- I enjoy watching or would enjoy watching at Halloween time, but maybe are not the most obvious choices that you'd find on every single list, per se. Um, and see where we go from there. Hopefully there's some gems, stuff you haven't seen, and stuff you are, is worth reminding the peoples about. Patrick, what's your first recommendation for something to watch at Halloween time. Uh, this is one I've mentioned before on the podcast when we did Rhett Recon when I watched it, but there's this movie on Netflix called The Babysitter, and it's a it's a horror kind of slashery kind of movie, but it's got a lot of humor in it, and I just thought it was really good. It's very like they know what they're doing and a little on the nose, almost look winking at the camera, but I think in a, a good balance, not like... Is it like one of those, you know, kind of quasi-retro throwback, horror, like in the vein of... Yeah, yeah, you can slashers. tell that, yeah, they're doing that kind of thing, but I think it's a really neat idea and a good movie. Check it out. The Babysitter. The Babysitter is on Netflix. It has a sequel as well. confused with The Babysitter's did you, Club. Did right? you watch the sequel? I watched the sequel. It's good, too, but the no, first one is better. Okay, The Babysitter. Levi, what is the first movie on your list of recommendations. I feel like this might be a little controversial for you guys because I know y'all or some maybe don't like some of the uh, older movies in How old? film history. 1948. That's pretty old. Abbott and Costello meet Frankenstein. <laughs> what is this? Why did we ask <laughs> what him? What is Come this? On. Okay, so here's the... All right, thing. Liam. <laughs> Bonjour. Liam Gonison's on the show tonight. I can definitely change up my list on the fly if we if we if you guys want no, to. No, I guarantee no it, one else has picked Abbott and Costello. Well, yeah, you're doing good. So here's the thing: I grew up watching this movie. You know, it's obviously it's a classic black and white Abbott and Costello kind of slapstick, silly humor, but it brings together um kind of the uh the whole co- cohort of universal monster you know it's dracula frankenstein's monster uh uh the wolfman lon chaney you know lon chaney's actually in it as the wolfman yeah man? as the wolfman oh, wow um it uh there's so does a, it have like boris karloff and bella lugosi uh, bella lugosi is dracula uh it's not boris karloff i don't think as the monster i can't remember who plays the monster in this one, but you know, it's, it's definitely just to me, it's kind of sets that Halloween fall spooky vibe, but it's fun. It's, it's not scary, but you know, they go to like a, 
this scary wax museum and they go to a masquerade ball and they're being chased by uh, Dracula and the Wolfman around, you know, forests and stuff like that. And it's just, I don't know. It's, it's for me, that's kind of a part of my childhood. Can I read the description that IMDb has? Yeah, please. The Wolfman tries to warn a dim-witted porter that Dracula wants his brain for Frankenstein's monster. Yeah. <laughs> you know, what's funny is uh, another beloved movie of mine, which was on you guys' list from a couple of years ago, The Monster Squad. Yes. Kind of yeah. does this similar premise where it's Dracula is trying to kind of reanimate Frankenstein's monster, assemble this kind of team of monsters to... I don't know, achieve yeah, world dominance still great. or something. I revisited it yeah. that, like, a year or two ago, that year that I put it on the list. And so this, is like, this is like 40 years <laughs> 40 that. years pre-Monster Squad. Okay, the first recommendation on my list is a movie from 1985 called Fright Night. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I actually revisited Fright Night this year on a whim because I happened to be listening to something that featured an interview with the director of the the original 1985 Fright Night. He recently published a novel that is a prequel to Fright Night. This dude's old now. Uh, and I thought, that's a weird thing to do, but I forgot he about it. can't let Fright it go. Night. Fright Night was one of those movies that used to come on at Halloween time on cable, uh, like the USA Network or TNT, and it was one of the first vampire movies that I remember seeing. And it was one of the first vampire movies that I still have seen to this date. Uh, one of the only ones that goes really all in on the kind of like grotesque transformations and weird kind of creature horror that's absent from a lot of vampire movies where they just kind of bite. Uh, you know, if you watch uh, who did Francis Ford Coppola, he did Bram Stoker's Dracula which has some of the transforming into a bat monster stuff in it. And this movie leans in that direction. But it has, uh, to its credit, a real dated 80s charm to it. It's almost like uh, John Hughes' vampire movie, you know, Teenagers. The whole, the whole premise is that there's a kid who a uh, new dude moves into his house or moves next door to his house in the suburbs in the 80s. And the kid begins to suspect that this dude who lives next door is a vampire. Obviously, no one believes him. He becomes obsessive about it. But as you may have guessed from the title of the movie, <laughs> that he is a, a, a vampire. And it really culminates in a satisfying kind of over-the-top third act. I thought it was still a lot of fun to this day. You know, a lot of these movies that you remember seeing when you were younger, you go back and revisit them and you're like, oh, well, I think maybe that was just a product of the time i was in the right time and place to enjoy fright night i thought fright night was still a lot of fun um and it felt it, it's not overtly halloweeny but it felt uh halloween centric to me if that makes sense it's know? got an awesome movie poster Remember it does this? Oh, yeah, yeah there's that like thing a, is great a cloud formation over a small or over a you know the house and in the cloud formation is the face of a terrifying vampire and on the uh the little catchphrase is if you love being scared It'll be the night of your life. <laughs> nice. Funny bit of history, Fright Night came along and outgrossed the other movies of the year in a year where no one thought that a horror movie could come along late in the season and outperform it. So it was a big hit at the time. Um, and it's a lot of fun. It's a good time. Fright Night. I can't speak for Fright Night 2, which I still haven't seen, nor the remake starring uh, the late Anton Yelton and uh, 
Colin Colin Farrell Colin Farrell as the vampire next door. It might be good. They might be. I haven't seen either of them. Fright Night, eight, 1985. Patrick, what else do you recommend? I recommend a movie I saw. It came out six, seven years ago called The Invitation. I, oh, yeah. That's you remember this? Yeah, uh, heck yeah. It's really cool, and you don't want to say anything about it because part of the fun of watching this movie is not knowing anything that's going to happen in it. But it does have... A good Halloween movie to me is one that feels very fallish outside, and it feels kind of like they're all bundled up. I agree. I think that that helps. It needs to feel cold. It does. Yeah. You know what I mean, like putting Texas Chainsaw on a Halloween list is totally inappropriate. It, you just feel so sticky hot and hot Texas watching. Summer. <laughs> yeah. You need to see dry leaves on the ground. And it's like yeah, exactly. It's been yeah. Like for the last month here. Yes. yes. Exactly. Hot. October. I don't want to be reminded of my own. Global warming reality. Yeah, so the invitation is great. We, we shouldn't say anything else. You should just check it out because it's a really fun ride. It is. It truly embodies that idea. That I know you hate movies. You're thinking, oh, well, they're purists. They, you know, they don't like any spoilers. But it really is one of those movies that the less you know, the better. Uh, it was a wonderful surprise, The Invitation. There's probably more. There's actually a new movie called The Invitation, so we should specify what right. year? What year was this? This was 2015, something like that. Fact check that, somebody. Get on your. There's uh, no way to check. Computation device. Yeah, but the new invitation has a trailer before almost every movie I've seen lately, and it shows the whole movie in the it trailer. It does. It shows what has to be the ending of the movie right. in the trailer. It's one of those trailers where not even the purist, when it ends, you can hear people in theater go, "Well, that was the whole movie." Yep. The invitation, 2015, directed by. Karen Kusama. Yeah, so check that out. Karen Kusama's The Invitation from 2015. I also recommend it. Levi, you got anything from this century or... <laughs> from this century? It's a good idea. It's a good question. Not yet. My next one <laughs> is uh, 1985. Oh, same year as Fright Night. Wow. Another, another film I grew up on. Maybe you guys watched this one. But I feel like as much forgotten, a Disney classic, Return to Oz. Oh, wow, yeah. Starring uh, Ferruja Hulk. Hulk, yeah. Who yeah, go on love... to be in The Craft, another That's spooky true, Halloween yeah. film. And Waterboy. And, and, Waterboy. and Waterboy, a classic <laughs> Halloween film, if ever there was one. This, I actually uh, rewatched this uh, just recently um, because, again, it was, it was a movie I grew up watching. It's so based on other books in the uh, Wizard of Oz, you know, series, Frank Baum, is that how he says? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, based on like the, the next couple books, it's kind of an amalgamation of those two stories, I guess. But it's Dorothy's return to Oz. But it goes, it's, to me, it is honestly, it's super dark, super it spooky, it's some would say terrifying for a child. Oh yeah, for a kid. Absolutely. Um there's I mean, yeah, I don't know if we want to give any kind of spoilers, but there's a, a character who's this kind of evil witch like lady, lady and she has all these heads in cases and she can take off her head and and replace it with different heads that she steals from people. She wants to collect Dorothy's head for yeah. her collection, yeah. There's a character uh in it uh, Jack Pumpkinhead, literally, yeah. who is uh, just a, a super tall dude with a giant pumpkin for a head. So it has a very Halloween fall 
Those like, are vibe. wheelers. The wheeler the motors. Wheelers. Those those are the scariest yeah. part to me. The um, there's a lot of interesting, I guess, stop motion style mm-hmm. animation with the the gnome king, uh, yeah. character at the end. It's yeah, there's it a really, lot of really uh, creepy stuff in that. Belongs movie. in the pantheon of '80s family fantasy films that we don't have anymore. A kind of forgotten genre that. You'd also put movies like Labyrinth, Neverending Story, Never Ending Story, yeah, and it's so right lots of creatures me. and puppets and special effects and fantastical settings. You know what I always wondered about this movie is so the char- character of Jack, who uh, is one of the, he's a good guy, like one of Dorothy's friends, and they they ride around on this sleigh type thing with a talking moose, severed moose. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. It's like yeah. they make it out of couches and furniture. Yeah, and stuff. super weird. But so there's this Jack guy, and I was wondering. So there's I never bothered looking up. Part of me doesn't want to know, but they actually call him Pumpkin Jack or what's his Jack Pumpkinhead. Jack Pumpkinhead, and then you know in Tim Burton's short story, which became the. Uh, um, the film, Hen- Henry Selleck's film, The Nightmare Before Christmas. There's Jack, who calls himself the Pumpkin King. And there's a lyric in uh, the David Bowie song, Diamond Dogs, where he says, Halloween Jack is a real cool cat. I'm like, are all these things coincidences? Who did this the whole Pumpkin Jack thing first? Are they all drawing from this really old novel? Is it just a cool two oh, words yeah, that sound say, nice together? I think it, this thing was written in like, 1899 or something. So, so once again, not from this century on Levi's <laughs> list. All right, I got uh, something on my list that I think is uh, semi-curveball. It's Ooh. another horror movie, um, but it is a remake of a classic horror movie uh, and for some will be blasphemous to include on the list, but that's why I did it. I recommend this Halloween season watching the 2013 remake of The Evil Dead. Uh, the oh. Evil Dead is, at least for uh, speaking for me and Patrick, Levi, do you love Evil Dead? Do you appreciate the Evil Dead movies? Uh, uh, I appreciate it. I appreciate them. I um, I actually haven't seen the remake. Surprise, oh, it's surprise. good. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I, I, I like some kind of horror comedy when it's like, like hard horror but hard comedy and those two things combined, I'm not a super big fan. So like, obviously I'm recommending Abbott and Costello. That's comedy, but you know, evil dead two, especially goes so hard. I think into the over the top slapstick stuff where I, it loses it for me. That's too much. Oh, wow. This is on Patrick's top 10 list of all time. Yeah. Top five, but this remake is not dipping into the comedic side of things. Evil Dead, you can right. at least say, is uh, is unique amongst yeah. horror films. And, uh, and, I and think, enjoyable. Yeah, yeah, totally. And the, the original Evil Dead, I think, has a special place in cinephile hearts, not just because of the movie itself, but because of the background story of how it's like a true labor of love movie, and people yep. love that about it, and they love that these this team of people that stuck together still make movies together. Um, so Evil Dead is a special thing. The original Evil Dead is my least favorite in the trilogy, but I love Evil Dead. Um, so I'm not saying that all oh, it's superior. It's you know, um, it's. I think that the thing that's amazing about the 2013 remake for me is that one, like Patrick said, it feels appropriate for fall. It's cold and bitter, and the setting is kind of a desolate, dark forest, you know, with twigs and scrapey branches on the windows, that kind of thing. But it was like 
the original Evil Dead set out to be a truly visceral, terrifying horror movie. And maybe at the time it was. You know, Stephen King famously said something about something really glowing, gave it a good review that they used for everything. It was just a few kids that got together and made this micro-budget movie and made a splash, and it became a legend. But to watch it now, it's not only dated, but it looks hilariously cheap. There's all kinds of mistakes in it, and that's part of the charm of watching the original Evil Dead. So it's like the team, Sam Raimi and Bruce Campbell, got together. They were producers on the film, and they hired a new director, a new talent, um, Fide Alvarez, I believe his name is, who went on to direct movies like Don't Breathe. Um, and he has a, I think he has another remake. He's doing the new, uh, look it up. Look up he's doing is, something big. Yeah, he's got a new project coming that's something. So he's proven himself as a capable director. Don't Breathe is a great movie. Um, but they hired a new talent and were like, we want to try to recapture what we were trying to do then. Now, don't make another like exact copy of the original and certainly don't try to incorporate what came later, which was comedy and fantasy with Evil Dead 2 and Army of Darkness. Um, and we wanted to make something scary. Do it again now. You have more resources, a better budget, better technology. So do it over again. And I think that that's what alienated some audiences. They were thinking that it was going to be like Bruce Campbell's Evil Dead movies or the way that we understand them now, and it isn't. It's like a hardcore, brutal horror movie. In fact, there's at least a couple of scenes in the movie that had people walking out of our theater, and if you try to watch it with certain audiences now, um, they don't like them. <laughs> it's very relentless, yeah. Yeah, it is really, really brutal. Uh and I think it, it's awesome. It still works really good. Uh, very bloody, intense horror for the Halloween season. Did you see what Fide is working yeah, on? Yeah, speaking of alienating, he's working on the Alien Project he's, for Hulu. Yes, he's making the oh, Alien Hulu. for Hulu. Oh, here yep. we go. 50-50 right now on these re- like reboots. So. I don't know, let's see. Maybe it can balance it back out. Patrick, what else do you recommend? Um, you know, when we make these lists, we're doing five, right? Yep. I always make six in case somebody takes one, and the Evil Dead one was one of mine. <gasps> That's so. a double recommendation. Mm-hmm. Whoa. How about that? Levi, it's your time. No, but I have a different oh, one to fill in. he's got in. an alternate. No, yeah. I mean, it's your time to see Evil Dead 2013. Yeah. Oh, got it. Yeah. Hey, it is yeah. my time. I, I had the Blu-ray, but I let my friend Eric borrow it, and I think he left it at his parents' house, and now I don't see Eric anymore, so I think it's gone. Yeah, it's dead. Goodbye. I have a Blu-ray, too. Ugh. Levi's. Anyway, good thing you, you guys are brothers. You can't put a Blu-ray in your phone, Levi. Oh, I don't so. even have a Blu-ray player. So, <laughs> oh, wow. Why do we ask him to come do this? Anyway, why do you people <laughs> on this show? They're like, why has this guy been now on like four episodes? Where Where did he come from? Why is he here? I'm the where only one available. From? Where apparently. is he going? <laughs> My where next recommendation. Where did he go? <laughs> where did he come from? Cotton eyed. No, let the audience fill in the blank. Go ahead, Patrick. Joe. Okay. The- <laughs> My next recommendation is um, The Witch. Nice. It fits uh, the, the Vivich. <laughs> Remember that? The, the, the Vivich. Yeah. The weird way they wrote it. But the director has been making some awesome movies. If you like The Northman, I like The Northman. But, and uh, Lighthouse, right? Yeah. So The Witch was the first one of his I saw. And it fits, the, I think it's a great movie. It's, the, it's his best one to me still. But, I agree. Yeah, he for me he hasn't topped the witch yet. Even though I liked the lighthouse and I liked the Northman. Right. I thought it was really scary and really great 
just fun to watch because of all the the atmosphere and the scenery and the work put into it. And what's more Halloweeny than a movie called The Witch? Right, and and they they're out there True. like at Halloween time. It looks like it I looks guess very... a movie called Halloween. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, that'll do it. Yeah, it is cold. It's got the whole like uh, cruel fall winter vibe to it, which is nice. And it's atmospheric horror. It's not. It's like uh, the other. The other dimension of horror, not like Evil Dead 2013, which is in-your-face brutality, and The Witch is more slow burn, um, psychological, atmospheric, but delivers. Delivers on some great scares and really great visuals. Eggers does this when he makes his movies. There are things in it that stick with you. There are scenes that just like trouble you, and they just like, oh, man, I remember the movie for these specific things to happen. Anyway, The Witch. It's really good. The Witch. The Witch. Levi? My uh, next recommendation is a twofer. I don't know if that breaks rules, but I'm breaking rules. Wow. What a rebel. (laughs) And it is also, they are also, I should say, remakes. In a beloved horror franchise that has a fitting title for Halloween, Halloween. And that's Rob Zombie's Halloween 1 and 2 2007, 2009, respectively. I uh, I don't know. I, f- I feel like the Rob Zombie Halloween films don't get that much love, maybe. And there's probably some good reason for that. But I, uh, I actually really uh, like the kind of take that he did on the Halloween films. Um, lean in into, I get, in my opinion, you know, a, a grittier, darker, more brutal kind of version of those movies exploring more of Michael Myers' backstory. I also really like, in Halloween 2, the whole, like, Michael Myers' kind of interesting, almost cosmic visions and guidance of his Interesting is not the word I would use for that part of the movie. I would say, sort of, but maybe putting it more like um, incredibly stupid uh, (laughs) or god-awful. Or something like that <laughs> for Halloween too. But I actually agree about Halloween. I think uh, I have a weird relationship with Rob Zombie's films because I keep watching them. And uh, I remember when a House, House of a Thousand Corpses came out, we all actually went and saw it in a theater and we're like, what the heck? It wasn't what we were expecting. And I don't think anyone was kind to it in our group. Um, but Devil's Rejects were like, oh, I guess he knows how to make a movie. That feels kind of like a... Uh, almost like the way Quentin Tarantino borrows from dated genres to make something new and updated. It feels like Rob Zombie was borrowing from exploitation films in the 70s and made something that felt like competent and directed. It felt like it had a vision. It's definitely not for everyone because it's over the top, disgusting. But uh, I actually like Devil's Rejects. I felt like Halloween was his best movie. I still feel that, that way. It felt... Um, you know, people hate on it because they say, oh, is, you know, you're doing all these blasphemous things like um, telling, saying too much about Michael Myers. We learn so much about it. We see him as a kid and everything. But at this point in the franchise, it was leaning on double digits and crap. What, what else are we going to do? All these other movies where Michael Myers says nothing and is, you know, like an apparition essentially or an occult-infused monster, immoral right. monster – we we have those movies. You might as well try to do something totally, totally different. Um, my only beef with it is that the first two acts, 
for me, feel really strong and original. And then in the last third of the movie, he basically tries to really quickly remake Halloween proper by doing everything yeah. that happens in the original John Carpenter film, and it falls a little short. It's like, well, why did you have to rush to the the clone at the end? Maybe that was studio pressure. Right. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe he thought he could do that and then add his filter of brutality to it so it would feel different. Yeah, and he it, might it have did. reversed engineered it and thought, well, I'll, yeah, I'll remake it. I'll tell the same story, but maybe I'll add this, and then it ended up being way more of the movie was his supplemental mm-hmm. material. Yeah, which I don't know. I mean, I, which I kind of like uh, Halloween 2 for, you know, some of those, I guess, same, like, um, you know, he's adding his supplemental it's stuff. It's definitely orig- he's, original to the and franchise. That's, and, and that's, I think, kind of for me what it is. I'm not saying that this is, you know, recommendation for best horror movies of all time. I uh, you know, that's we, what you said, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's why Abbott and Costello is on here. <laughs> but, you know, something that feels unique and origi- original to that franchise. And, it does you know, that. Just, you know, that's, that's why I, I kind of like it. Did you so. see Lords of Salem? Uh, I did not see Lords of Salem. If you like Halloween too, then Lords of Salem might be even more up your alley. Oh, interesting. I'll give it a, sh- a shot. My, my only gripe usually about Rob Zombie films is Sherry Moon Zombie. Who I feel like is one of the world's Careful, worst she's, actresses. She's a, oh, she's a listener. Oh, is she? Yeah, Sherry, I just assume everyone. Sherry Moon is. is Moon her middle name or is that her hyphenated surname? Moon yeah. Zombie or Sherry Moon? You'd have to ask Sherry. Sherry, leave a comment on this episode and let us know. Um, I, I'm sure we could consult Wikipedia, but why do that when we're family? <laughs> <laughs> I'll see you tonight at dinner. <laughs> I agree, Levi. That first Halloween is really good. I think. Yeah, and it, you know, I, I remember seeing it and being really impressed and thinking it was a good time. And then I rewatched it a couple of Halloweens ago to have something to watch, I think, on Halloween. And I was surprised. I was like, oh, this is still good. And it is uh, really, really Halloween y, if that makes sense. Maybe second only to Trick or Treat as one of the most Halloween vibed movies. Kind of bleeds fall and Halloween aesthetic and small town decorated like Halloween at Halloween time. I think it's a cool movie, but if you, if you've seen Rob Zombie movies and you you don't like the thing that he does, you probably won't like this. Right. One of his critiques is that he's, uh, or that I've seen from like the more mainstream movie press is that he's clearly a competent visual storyteller. He usually, aside from the monsters, has a very, um, like, almost an auteur vision for his movies uh, in their visual aesthetic. They look a certain way, and and it's cool. Like, a, a clearly a lot of love was put into it. Maybe a, a lot of love was put into the monsters, too, but it kind of looks it, like it I made it on like my it. phone. Wow. Yeah. Um, but uh, the critique is usually that the writing sounds like de- everyone is a depraved hillbilly. And that's the only character he knows how to write. That's fairly accurate. Yes. Yeah. So there's some of that. There's a lot of that. Yeah, in this movie too. That, that is all of it. You really got to get your mind right. But I'm going to go out even further and say, you know, the the modern trilogy remake of Halloween, um, the Blumhouse ones. Yeah. I think this one is better than the first one or those so far. Rob Zombie's Halloween is better than the Blumhouse Halloween. I haven't seen Halloween Ends yet. Have you guys seen it? Nope. Okay. No, not yet. I, don't I, don't, know I can't they're... imagine it's going to be great. Well, I mean. 
I actually liked uh, Halloween Kills. I had a it good was time. super fun. I thought yeah. it was fun. Yeah, yeah. mindless just dis- dis- carnage. <laughs> I had a good time and yep. laughed a lot in a good way. All right, I guess. Oh, that's me. It's my turn, huh? I was about to ask somebody else what was on their list. All right, I wanted to do something a little bit different too, so I put on my uh, list a movie called Black Swan which I think is one of the greatest examples of a horror movie that people are desperate to call anything but a horror movie. Black Swan checks all the boxes for art house horror, for sure. Like, it's high, it's, you know... Body horror. Yeah, body horror. It's, like, almost supernatural horror, hallucinatory, disgusting, brutal. Um, It has what feels like influences from Jacob's Ladder, and uh, David Cronenberg, um, so and which are you know like if you've seen movies by Cronenberg or if you've seen Jacob's Ladder, you'd know are like these are these are pure horror movies. And uh, I think that the reason it gets lost is because uh, Darren Aronofsky is you know he makes you, uh, most of his filmography is more of the indie art house uh, variety. And people want to treat him like that. And it came out in a time that was pre-A24 and Eggers and, you know, Ari Aster making these really reputable Oscar bait horror movies. So no one wanted to call it a horror movie. They kept calling it a um, psychological thriller. It is that, but... Psychological thriller to me is something more like Silence of the Lambs, you know, like a crime drama that has horrifying things in it. But... Although me, people would say that's a classic horror I film. call it a horror yeah. movie, but if someone... I wouldn't get mad if somebody called sure, it a psychological yeah. thriller. Uh, but Black Swan is not only horrifying and unsettling and kind of fits that same cold weather vibe in New York, winter in New York. Um, it, deeply disturbing, unsettling. It's just a freaking good, good movie. Uh, definitely not for the faint of heart. Or those easily offended, it, it also has all the stuff that makes a movie R-rated. Yeah, it's rated R for everything. For all the things. Um, but it's a really satisfying cinematic experience. If you haven't seen Black Swan already, I would recommend it. Didn't we do one an episode, This versus The Wrestler? Yes, because Aronofsky designed The Wrestler and Black Swan as companion piece movies. Yeah, check out that episode, because that one, those are Aronofsky at his best, for sure. Patrick, what else do you recommend? I recommend a movie I saw in the theater when it came out, and it really scared me. And it's called uh, The Strangers. Oh wow! Have you yeah, seen The Strangers, great. Levi? Uh, no, I haven't. Oh man, it is a home invasion slashery I kind think of movie. Some of them wearing like the white bags on their yeah. head, kind of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I haven't seen it, but I think that's the best home invasion horror movie. It is. Yeah. Oh wow! It yeah. is very unsettling, and and all the not to give the thing away. Because talking about it will give away some of the cooler uh, aspects of the movie. Man, it, right it is really good. This. Really good movie. And I'm sure all the subsequent sequels are great, too. I haven't seen any. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't either. Uh, no, but, the, the Strangers is one of those like gem movies in a season where all the horror movies that came out were mostly trash. There was a lot of, um, I guess now what's kind of been replaced by Blumhouse movies. Yeah. Uh, those used to be old horror movies. We didn't, you know, there was a season where there was a drought for sophisticated horror and it was all kind of cheap, mainstream, get scared on a Friday night with your friends horror movies. Early 2000s crap. Yeah, and The Strangers came along and was 
fun, scary, cool. Uh, uh, you know, to this day, I think it's my uh, Abby's um, scariest movie because she's most scary. You know, everybody has the genres they don't like. Like a friend of ours was just telling us that she can't watch body horror. She just can't do it. Some people don't like to mess with uh, supernatural or demonic horror. Or they feel weird about it. Uh, Abby hates home invasion horror, and and to her, this was the scariest. She she was just like, I don't ever want to see that again. Yeah, it was the 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 story takes place in like a remote setting, like somebody living kind of in a woodsy area, which we used to live in a situation like that. So it made it extra scary to me. Good movie though. Check it out, Levi. Dang, I will. And then while you're at it, tell us what else you recommend. What number is this? Four. Four. My next recommendation, I, I'm kind of diverting from the maybe fall-like vibe, but since I had movies like Abbott and Costello and Return to Oz on here, I wanted to just have something that was, for those looking for just a true horror experience, it's a movie that you recently told me about, Josh, and that I watched, was the... Uh, Taiwanese film, The Sadness. Yeah, so that, if you if you are one of our Patreon subscribers and heard the recon episode, I actually told the story on that episode of how I told Levi. And the reason oh I, wow, I didn't even know this. I brought I bring this up because it's the kind of movie that you definitely can't recommend to all people. You know, we're going on about how Evil Dead is brutal, or The Strangers is scary. Um, the Sadness is what some people would call extreme cinema. It was definitely over the top. Yes. Over the top in a way that would not play in a movie theater. Yeah. But a great time. I mean, I'd say a great time. <laughs> it's a wild ride. Um, some, I think after I watched it, which I think it released in I don't know, Taiwan in 2001. I think it released here in 2020, this year, 2022. So 2021. What did I say? 20, you said 2001. Yeah, it's no, that this old. this is a movie is inspired a, by COVID. <laughs> uh, yeah, it is. It's a, a, a viral outbreak slash, you could call it zombies. Zombie-like, Almost all yeah. a, like, um, 28, days, 28 later. days later, you know, kind of a viral outbreak type of a thing. Uh, super gory, great practical effects. Yeah, I think that yeah. unless unless we missed it, it seems like all the effects are entirely practical. Yeah, at least from in a way that you, if there's digital flourishes, you can't see them proper. You know. What yeah, I mean? and you know, I I guess yeah, I, I don't want to reveal too much about it necessarily, but if you're looking for over the top violence, um, intense like horror movie. I, I would check it out. I mean, it's but yeah. If I you're guess one of the few yourself. people, I don't know. I don't yeah. know how to how you. Tell if you're people one of the people listening yourself. to this podcast and you heard me call Evil Dead 2013 brutal and you kind of chuckled to yourself, then maybe you should try a movie like The Sadness. <laughs> yeah. Or you know what's funny? Go watch the trailer because I don't know if there is the trailer is it's not rated by the MPA, so it's not a red band trailer proper. But uh, I put on the trailer for Abby after I watched it, being like, let me show you this movie that I was watching. And it has all the insane stuff in the trailer. And I was like, oh, my God, I can't believe they put this crap in the actual trailer. So go look at just the trailer and see if you can hang on for that little two and a half minutes or whatever it is. It's wild. That's a wild yeah. movie. Have you seen it yet, Patrick? I haven't seen it yet. you got to watch it. 
But it's also smart. It's a movie that's yeah. well written, well acted. There's actually a almost George Romero like um, social commentary threaded into all the depravity. Uh, so it's not like one of those schlocky, gross just to be gross movies. Yeah, I think after I watched it and I was talking to you, um, I I said something to the effect of that's probably the goriest film I've seen that also wasn't. So super comedic because it's so over the top movies like dead alive or I'm a big fan of Tokyo Gore police. Here we go with Tokyo Gore police. <laughs> Check that out. Always if you guys English. want just crazy over the no, top. No, no, no. Rec- you're not recommending okay, it. It's not a Halloween Are you recommendation. Used no, no, no. <laughs> but stuff like that becomes, or evil dead too, you know, or, you know, not that this is, that that's nearly as gory necessarily. Yeah, dead but, alive. You're supposed to crack up and throw your popcorn and be like, ew. Yeah, because it's, it's just so, so silly, it's so ridiculous and over the top. This is like the sadness is intense, gore, horror. Like it's not, not funny. funny. It is like, oh my gosh, I actually want to cover my eyes right now. Yeah, the sadness. Check it out. Maybe, uh, yeah, maybe just peek at the trailer before you go all in. Read the, we won't be held responsible for Levi's victims of the sadness. Ooh, it's all on you. Here's this phone right number. up there with Abbott and Costello meet Frankenstein. All right, is this my number four? This is number four. Uh, I have a actually. I want to double check the year on this. For this is something that I went back and revisited recently as well. Um, that to me is kind of a a classic horror movie from 1981, <sighs> but that also fits. Uh, Halloween theme for a couple of reasons. It's called An American Werewolf in London. Oh, yeah. Um, which yep. is, it, you know, it has, it's about some backpackers in Europe and one of them gets uh, bit by the titular werewolf. Or I guess not the titular werewolf because he becomes the titular werewolf, but by a werewolf um, and begins to transform uh, during a stay in London. And uh, it has some of the most iconic practical effects in horror movie history, including the, I'm sure you might have guessed, there's a werewolf transformation scene. But Rick Baker, who was kind of, um, before Greg Nicotero came along and dethroned him as the go-to practical effect monster gore kind of guy, Rick Baker was Hollywood's go-to practical creature effects, uh, you know, vile, or any kind of, all the early David Cronenberg and that kind of stuff, or even up to movies like The Grinch, Ron Howard's The Grinch. Rick Baker was responsible for that makeup and those appliances, and I think he's still at it to this day. He's up to stuff. Um, but he designed a werewolf transformation scene that we were talking about in our Hellraiser episode how the reverse birth scene is still amazing to oh, behold yeah. today. That transformation scene is still incredible. It's still the kind of thing that makes you go, dang, how'd they do that? Oh, wow, how'd they do that? I remember, yeah, seeing years ago, like a, uh, I don't know, a documentary kind of thing about the how they achieved like the hand stretching stuff and all the, some of the, the it's effects. Amazing. Yeah, it's really cool. It really is, and they do the same thing in the, the thriller video is the same exact yes, transformation. Yes. Oh, it was directed yeah, yeah. by John Landis, who directed American Werewolf right. in London. I did not know um, that. So American Werewolf in London, and it has a couple of aspects of it that are really unique to the genre. Um, there is a slight bit of comedy, but not like a horror comedy. It's more like dark humor. Um, the uh, protagonist is being kind of haunted by the increasingly decomposing specter of his best friend who was killed by the werewolf, a guy named Jack. 
who keeps showing up in uh, kind of a crescendoing, grotesque, like falling apart and rotting. Uh, and they play some of it for gags, even though it's hard to look at. Um, and it pays off the the you know the climax in the movie. I think is really satisfying. Uh, it's just a really cool vintage horror movie that is still, uh, even though uh, obviously 1981, there's aspects of it that are the filmmaking that are dated, but feels really solid. Still feels like a, a, yeah, yeah. a good movie to watch at any point. And and you know, werewolf Halloween. What I was about trying to the, think of like the Wolfman and some way to put a classic monster in my list. That that's a good way. What about the follow up uh, in Paris? American Werewolf in Paris is no good. I uh, <laughs> I I watched it way late in the game, but it was years ago now, and I just remember thinking like, well, it's terrible. There's a lot of CG werewolf in it. Yeah, they tried to up the up the ante with CG. Yeah, that was in 1997, so quite a spell later, and several years after Jurassic Park changed the game. So you can you better believe there's a CG werewolf in it. Whoopsie. All right, Patrick, what's your final recommendation? It's a big, a big yeah. conclusion. My final recommendation is one of my uh, favorite horror movies I've seen in recent years. I saw it at the theater. Sometimes in the years, especially in the years of MoviePass, but I guess we have subscriptions now. But remember, MoviePass was the first time you could just go see whatever, whenever you wanted to. So sometimes it'd be like, oh, it's 9 o'clock. I just kind of want to go to the movie. And you just drive down and go see whatever you wanted to see. Anyway, I watched this movie called Ready or Not. I've talked about it before. Yeah, I dig it. Ready or Not was cool. I, I saw it upon your recommendation. I really love that one. It's, it has, Levi would hate it because I it mixes uh, the horror aspect with humor. But It's a different kind of thing, though. Let's comment on this very quickly. I'm with Levi, at least to the degree that horror comedy, as in that's the, the actual genre, is one of, if not the most difficult genres to accomplish uh, convincingly. Usually one cannibalizes yeah, the other. Exactly. And you, that you, can't just do both, work. you can't do them both well. I yeah. Like. The only exceptions to the rule I think that I know of, um, aside from, uh, you know, I wouldn't call Evil Dead to horror comedy, but I do think that it has comedy elements in it. Right. Or ridiculous elements in it. The only two movies that are actual horror comedies that I think work are Gremlins. Um, the original, not the sequel, which is, the sequel's a comedy. Yeah. Um, and Cabin in the Woods, uh, against all odds, actually managed to balance those things in a way that the movie's sincerely funny and has really cool horror in it. I think Shaun of the Dead No, Shaun well. of the Dead is just a comedy with gore. It's a comedy with horror aspects. No, it's, it's not a straight horrifying. up zombie movie. It's not horrifying though. Yeah, it's they all do funny. All the, they do all the Romero gags. The throughout comedy the whole thing. cannibalizes the horror. It is more of a comedy, but the be- to me the better cannibalizes. like cannibalizes. <laughs> <laughs> it. Uh, I think the best use of horror comedy are things like Ready or Not, where what's funny is how outrageous the situation is. Yeah, that, more would, than like the tone of like trying to be funny. Ready or Not is more like a black comedy that really emphasizes the, uh, the horror aspects of a black comedy. I know that sounds like uh, semantics, but I think it makes sense. Mm-hmm. Think of a, a black comedy, like I don't know if you guys have seen um, a movie called Very Bad Things, which is about like a, an accidental murder of a prostitute in Las Vegas that becomes an increasingly upsetting set of murders. And it's a pure black comedy. They play it like it's a buddy comedy. Yeah, they play it but for the, serious. The material is so dark and so upsetting that that, that fact becomes funny. That they, You can't believe they're making jokes out of this stuff. Ready or Not is more 
in line with that tradition where yeah. it's brutal and bloody and upsetting, but the movie's playing itself like it's this cool, fun, funny movie. Yeah, if you were to say, like, then this happened and explain certain scenes, it would sound like a comedy, but in the context of the film, it's like a dark horror element yeah, to it. Yeah, it's actually Can similar you... to the movie You're Next. Yes, yeah, yeah. I was consider- that was great, too. You should see You're Next. Mm. Which is a home invasion slasher that is treats itself like a dark comedy. Yeah, Ready or Not was great. And the yep. actress at the center of the movie, um, she's went on and, and done more things at this point. She's great in the role. She was really funny, really likable. She's the lead in The uh, the Babysitter, what I mentioned earlier. Oh, wow, look at that. Oh, yeah. It's all coming full it's circle. It's all coming full circle. Ready or not. Levi. Speaking of coming full circle, I'm going Abbott back. Abbott and Costello meet Dracula. No, no. Dracula was in the front Yeah, I know, I know. They did meet the mummy and the invisible man. And Dr. Count Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. I'm meeting Count Chocula tonight. <laughs> it sounded vaguely sad. It really did. <laughs> That's how I meant it. <laughs> okay. Okay. I did not. All right. I'm taking it way back again. I'm taking it even further back than Abbott and Costello meet Frankenstein by four years. 1944. Classic movie it's called Arsenic and Old Lace. Have you guys seen this? Called what? Cary Grant. Forty-four. No. It's a uh, Frank Capra film. Uh, if you like, if you're familiar with uh, Josh's favorite Christmas movie, um, it's A Wonderful Life. Uh, not a Christmas movie, but yes. Yeah. Well. According to some. Mm -hmm. Me. So, uh, uh, Arsenic and Old Lace stars Cary Grant. It's uh, this kind of murder mystery. It actually takes place on Halloween. Oh, wow. Uh, It's got a very, you know, fall kind of spooky vibe to it. But it mostly just takes place in uh, this this old house where his aunts live and um, and his brother. And let's just say his family is... They're all a little bit out of their minds. It's it's are they funny. a little kooky. They're a little kooky. Does are it say they, on? Are you looking it up? To no, say, I was just are describing they mysterious that. and spooky. Yeah. Are they or all together? Hooky. Is it ooky? Not hooky. No, no. Hooky is like, something it's else. It's not quite uh, Adam's family. Oh, okay. But um, yeah, so it kind of becomes a little bit of a like. A murder mystery. Uh, there's a a villain that comes into play. That's kind of like I don't know. It's just uh, it's it's a good time. I like these old classic movies. I grew up watching this stuff. That's this is what like my parents would have me you know oh. watch when I was a kid. And I I really do recommend it. If you guys like you know if anyone out there likes classic movies, Cary Grant has. Um, uh, let's see what I can't think of his name off the top of my head. Oh, Peter Laurie, as you know, he's the classic. Yes, you know, he plays like this, uh, you know, kind of evil scientist, uh, dude who's doing plastic surgery on kind of the main villain to give him new faces. And he's, you know, he's the uh, inspiration for Ren Hoek's voice in the Ren and Stimpy show, Peter Laurie. Oh, yeah, so yeah, check it out. I mean, you know, I like I said, I want to my list to kind of run a spectrum a little bit. 
have stuff that people probably have never watched or never heard of that I really enjoy. Might be a little different, you know. So hey, classic Frank Capra to uh, brutal Taiwanese horror, you know. It's Listeners, all the- including Cherry Moon. Write in and say if we should have Levi on for future recommendations based on this list. <laughs> Come on. Yeah, we want to hear from Sherry. We want to hear from Miss Zombie, Mrs. Zombie. Uh, my final recommendation is a movie from recent memory, uh, you know, from 1981 all the way up to just a few years ago. Uh, and it's a movie that we've talked a lot about on the U8 Movies podcast, even though it didn't get its own episode. And that's Ari Aster's Hereditary. Uh, and I included this on the list for a couple of reasons. One is that, uh, for me personally, I realized that, you know, the, you guys listening to this, some of you have seen hereditary and you're like, Oh, give me a break hereditary, uh, whatever with hereditary. Others of you are like, yeah, absolutely. I was terrified. It's that kind of divisive movie. And those are always the most interesting to me, the movies that divide audiences so dramatically. Um, but Hereditary honestly belongs to a list of about, I don't know, like four or five movies that, um, you know, aside from childhood, actually sincerely scared me while I was watching them. Like, I, I would describe my disposition as feeling like, I'm afraid. I'm afraid of this movie. Yeah. Sometimes movies are scary, but they don't scare you. Like, it's uh, it's fun. They're fun scary. Or they they pop out and go boo. It's like a haunted house boo movie. Like... Um, the recent adaptation of Stephen King's It, not It Chapter 2, is the kind of movie that to me is scary, but I wasn't scared. You know what I mean? It's like, Yeah, you, you get it. That's, I see why this is scary. Yeah, and it's fun. It's it's like Haunted House scary fun. Did It Chapter 2 scare you? No, it scared me how terrible it was. Oh, yeah. Uh, was but scary. Hereditary to me was really scary. I know there's a lot of people left that still haven't seen it. I have conversations saying, like, oh, don't you like horror movies? Tell me a movie that really scared you. What really scared you recently? And I'm like, oh, well, that's just... Hereditary, and oh, I still haven't seen that. So if you're still waiting, I would give Ari Aster's fantastic film Hereditary yeah, a shot. I saw. I I know we've told this thing on the podcast, but I'll tell it again because I love this story. I saw it in the theater with our own Mike Jensen, who at uh, some point in the theater or during the showing got up and ran out of the theater because he couldn't handle it. And yeah. then afterwards, I found him sitting in a theater watching Deadpool down the hall because he said he had to decompress. Wow. <laughs> he said that his, uh, I think his exact words were that his body wasn't ready and that he ran out of the theater saying, not tonight. <laughs> yeah, he was very squirmy, and then he just got up and ran away. And then it made it scarier for me because I'm just sitting there by myself now <laughs> watching this Dang. thing. Was there anyone else? I mean, how, how full was this theater? It was not very full. Yeah. So it was scary. It's like when I went and saw... Uh, Recently, Crimes of the Future by myself. There's one other person at Cronenberg's latest. There's one other person in the theater. About halfway through, he got up and left, never came back. It was just me. <laughs> he left for reasons other than being scared. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. It was not scary. What do you recommend watching this spooky season, Halloween 2022? Leave us a comment on this episode at youhatemovies.com where you can upload your own thoughts about Halloween movies and which lists you stick to or how you'd correct ours. And you can hopefully see what other people are recommending and maybe find some gems and new discoveries of your own. While you're there, you might as well follow us on social media at youhatemovies. And if you really want to help us out, you can go to the Apple Podcast app and leave us a glowing five-star review. Believe it or not, this does actually help. If you want to help even more, go to patreon.com slash youhatemovies. Give up a cup of coffee every month or tea if that's your thing 
and you can get two bonus episodes every single month. <laughs>